about the Messi thing? Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This messy thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Danny, you're running a little late. Welcome to the Batter Herons podcast. I am KBD, a.k.a. Chris. Thank you guys for showing up after the game. It says episode number 95 on the bottom, but the date's a little different. It says September 3rd, 2023, but it's actually September 4th. It is now after midnight, guys, so uh, don't worry about the date there. But thank you guys for coming into the to the chat, checking out the video, and Danny's just running a little late because he's uh, he's trying to get some things going on with his computer. So we're just going to go ahead and get started and he'll catch up. What a fucking game, guys. This game was, first of all, I was extremely nervous in the beginning, guys. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of comments. Thank you guys for kicking in the comment section before the game started. Uh, solo pod just for a couple minutes, Jan. Don't worry. Danny will be here. Uh, yeah, I know. Can't believe him, right, Deegan? You know, it's, uh, of course... Of course, we're gonna have to cancel Danny Sergio. That's already that's already coming, guys. That's already coming. You know, Rohan, you mentioned LAFC. What a spanking! And I gotta say, there's an announcer, guys. And if you don't, if you can, tell me who this announcer is. There's this guy that was standing in the middle of three guys in the beginning of the broadcast, and he starts off the predictions, and he says to himself and to everybody around him, 3-0 LAFC wins." I don't know what kind of drugs this guy got his hands on in Los Angeles, but they were the wrong ones. Uh, T. Riddler, a boring game. I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. Maybe the beginning. Maybe the beginning. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The beginning was really, really brutal, guys. It was a rough one for sure. And one thing I want to mention is uh, I got to give a lot of credit we had Chris on from shoulder to shoulder, and he he told us that the fan base over there and the supporter groups over there that they really show out. Listen, he wasn't lying, guys. I don't know if you guys saw, but in the beginning of the game, at least from what I saw here, uh, there was a lot of black and gold. And that's very surprising in a city like Los Angeles where you have a lot of people who kind of uh, – I don't want to say they're fair weather fans, but you have a lot of people that that like the glitz and the glam and the big names. And of course, you're talking about Messi playing for Inter Miami. So I imagine that he is going to be somebody that's going to bring on a lot of people that don't really know too much about MLS and LAFC. Um, so I'm actually surprised that there was so much black and gold. And let me tell you, the fans, LAFC fan base, the supporter groups, they showed the fuck out. They showed the fuck out big time. Big time. Uh, yeah, I mean, John, I saw some ping too, right? I mean, obviously, you're going to have the cameras. They're going to start panning onto the, to, to the pink. But, like, let me tell you, it was a lot of black and gold, man. It was a lot of black and gold. That was 
they showed out. I think if I'm not mistaken, and tell me guys if, if if I'm wrong here, but I feel like LAFC as a as a team and as a fan base, they probably showed out the strongest in terms of for their team. I mean, maybe a close second would be Nashville, maybe. Probably Nashville. But LAFC so far has been the strongest fan base that has shown out big time. So let's get to the game, guys. It wasn't 3-0 like that idiot broadcaster said in the beginning of the game. It wasn't that. Uh, damn, this Riddler, you're just you're just, just letting off strays everywhere. Vela's done. I don't know about done. I don't know about done. Yeah, Joe Kerr. Yeah, man. Supporter section looked litty like a titty. Um, yeah, Mike V. I think you might be right. Their homestead has the best Mexican food in Florida. And, uh, you know. And Juan Rodriguez chiming in. Kristoff and Miller, master class. Huh? How about that? Getting master class for center backs on this team? Is that what's going on here? We're giving some props to the center backs, guys? Nice. All right. So let's get off and talk about the first half, right, of this game. Okay. And the first half, let me tell you, the beginning of the half, it really, really started pretty shaky. Um, I wasn't really a fan of, of, of the first 10, 15 minutes. You could tell that Inter-Miami was just off the chain. They, they, they just didn't even know what to expect. Uh, hold on. 89 J Stubbs. Am I going to watch Argentina this week? Sure. Yeah. Listen, the more soccer I register in my mind, the better, because I need to learn more about this sport. I do. I need to start branching off for sure. Um, I need, I definitely need to do that. And Richard Greenberg, Canada isn't playing during the break. Miller will be with inner Miami. Hopefully so. Hopefully so, because he's been playing lights out lately. Um, we got upside down with Chris. Where is Danny? Uh, I think you might have your wish. Just give us a couple minutes, and he might just pop up out of nowhere. I mean, I don't know if you guys already hear, like, some thing in the background. Oh, there we go. Can you hear so me? There's Danny. Yes, I can hear you, but you sound like you're on the computer microphone. Oh, so you're gonna... This is yeah. a backup to the backup. Like, just forget about okay. it. Okay. Nice. That's so, all I got right now. My computer so, decided to, to die on me. So, so as what you, have you uh, covered so far? well, I haven't covered too much so far. I was just actually going to get into the first half, um, but now, uh, listen. What, let, let me just get a general thought of, you know, an idea of what you thought of the game, just from front to back, cover to cover. You what know, was I'm not your? Lie to you. I, I, I've been so frustrated with the computer right now. My mind's kind of blank right now. So. Uh, one, I wasn't expecting LAFC to come out on that crazy press. They came out, they pressed heavy, and I thought that we didn't handle it very well. If it wasn't for Drake, we would have been down at least two goals. So uh, I, it, just so you guys know, for those of you, whoever just said get a Mac, that's that's uh, that's that's a Mac in the bag, brand new. And I decided I got home late. I was like, I'm just gonna watch the game and I'll use my old computer one last time. Joke's on me, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, if Drake, I, I, I know a lot of people are going to talk about how, how well the offense kind of played, you know, after the fact. Yeah. But if we go down 
I don't know how that game turns out because all of a sudden tactics and everything kind of, you know, go out the window once you're down 2-0. So I think that we benefited big time with Drake and the way that he, uh, he saved our asses. Oh, so. no, Drake is Drake is the, the sixth god of all time. Like, Drake Drake played extremely special. And Poutine, just so you know, uh, talk about Sporting KC next match. We're probably going to cover that match a day or two before. Wednesday. We got, we got Kavincho. Kavincho's coming on with us yeah. on Wednesday at 9 o'clock to, to help preview his beloved KC, Sporting KC. So Kavincho well, is, is going to be on his? with us on Wednesday. Or is Inter Miami his? All right, we're we're trying to figure out where where he's sitting on what no, side. No, no, he he's he's faithful with Casey. He he said he's faithful with Casey. I mean, but people's yeah. people aren't giving us a chance in hell to win on Saturday. No, they're not. And I have to agree with Mister Krabs chiming into the chat here, saying that it sucks. Drake didn't get the clean sheet, but three one was my prediction. You know what's funny, Krabs, is that was my prediction as well. That was my uh, prediction as well. Well, I think a lot of because I, I was looking back at the episode, and then you, uh, you and I, and a few people in the chat were all saying three one. And honestly, like I said, if it wasn't for Drake, I don't know how this game turns out. Like Drake saved us big time, and then the fact that Buagna kind of wanted to play hero ball at, in the beginning and didn't want to pass it over to Vela when he yeah. had Vela streaking down the right side all by himself, and you saw Vela the way he reacted. Oh. He was furious. He was pissed. He was pissed. But um, yeah, that, that ended up great. Carincho uh, equals tactical manager. Actually, well, well, we'll talk about that some other time. We'll talk about that a little later, yeah. Mike V. All right. Chill out. So, do you want to start off with the starting 11? So, yeah, man, that was some weird stuff. When I saw that starting 11, and just so you guys that are listening on audio, uh, we put up the starting 11 here, so if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, check us out. Guys, all of you that are in the chat, get that thumb, put it to work, beam, boom, bomb, like, and subscribe, all that all that funny stuff, okay? So here, as you can tell on the starting 11, there's no Campana, there's no Joseph. So both of them are staring at each other like Spider-Man on the bench, right? So you got Fagunda Farias <laughs> and Messi up at the top. Well, I'll start from the back, right? So you have Jordi Alba over on the left wing back. Miller, Kristoff, and Aviles fill out the center back roles. You have Yedlin on the right wing back. You have Gomez on the left. You have Kermashi playing sort of a center mid. Busquets so supposedly on the right mid. And then, like I mentioned before, Farias on the left wing. Messi on the right wing. It was extremely strange, that starting 11. No, Danny? I mean, when I saw that and I didn't see like a premier striker on the starting 11, I said, and I, and I mentioned this on, uh, on Xavier's chat, on Xavier's uh, post, this is going to be either beautiful or terrible. That's how it was going to pan out, one or the other. No, for sure. Now, one thing is, once I saw Faria starting, I wasn't thinking so much about the fact that he didn't play with Joseph and Campana. I was thinking yeah. about the fact that Robert Taylor has officially lost his job. Oh no! Wow, you just gonna go for the gut like that? He's officially lost his job. Once Farias got to start over Campana, Joseph, Robert, Robert Taylor, and I, I love Robert Taylor. To me, he's Neymar light, but he has officially lost his starting job. Farias is now that, I guess, left wing. Today he was playing almost like a, a false nine, but he is is now that guy. And Robert Taylor, unfortunately. His minutes are going to be very hard to come by unless he's playing 
KC next week, but he's not playing because he's on international duty. So uh, I th- that's what I thought when I saw him starting 11. I thought it was really weird that he went 2-5 in the back. But I didn't understand why he would do it. And I honestly didn't like that he had Diego Gomez and Kremaki both start. And I, 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 earlier this week, I, I was listening in and I, and I chimed in on the trap chat. If you guys haven't checked it out, go ahead and check it out. They're like the Thursday or Friday nights. Um, and I asked, why do we always say it has to be either Kremaki or Gomez? I feel like they don't play the same position. Kremaki plays more forward. With Diego mm-hmm. Gomez, I feel like he's more defensive. When he came in, everybody told me he's a six, he's a six, he's a CDM. So that's why I expected him to play. So yes. why is it one or the other? But today they played them both. But I feel like Diego Gomez, even though that's how they sold them to me at least, that's not how he plays. He doesn't play that that typical six role. He doesn't play that role that we that we got used to with Gregory and that Arroyo has kind of been playing. So yeah. what was happening, at least in my opinion, what I thought was happening is we were constantly getting beat on the counter. And Diego Gomez and, and Kremaski, even though they have the speed to get back, they were constantly getting caught on the counter. And we never yeah. had that six laying back kind of in the middle of the three the center backs to help defend. And we constantly, like it was a marathon back and forth. And we constantly get beat on the counter. Constantly get beat on the counter. Because you're not going to count on Busquets getting back. He's kind of roaming in the middle of the field of the pitch, so I thought that once we saw that, I thought that if you didn't do it in the first half, that's fine. But I thought that Arroyo should have at least been subbed in in the, se- in the beginning of the second half because I thought that we were yeah. eventually going to get scored on in the counter. Well, I mean, look at Rick Grimes. He's saying Farias is the guy. Is yeah. he the yeah, guy? Is he the guy? I mean, it, uh, there's so many people. Look, AZ Rebellion, Farias is that dude. He's a baller. I mean, he's a baller. He's good, man. He's good. I'm not, listen, listen, I should have never thrown shade at that guy ever. He's I, good. He is. He's good. But I'm kind of sad that you're like already putting Robert Taylor to the grave, right? Like, it's kind of a, it's, it's a sad thing that you're pitching to me. I don't want to hear that. Today was that. the first was the first game where we had all six summer signings starting at the same time. So I, I, those are the positions that are always going to be filled. Those six guys are probably always going to be on the pitch. And then you got yeah. Drake, so that's seven. And now you got four guys that are from the old school uh, that are going to be fighting for those, those those remaining minutes. Listen, Broward Heron, how good is the Farias FIFA card? I think he's the guy that I said that doesn't even have a FIFA card. He did. He did it. <laughs> this guy is killing it, bro. No, yeah, what? That's um, insane, man. So the game starts, and we are getting – like I thought on AFC, we were hanging on for dear life. I was waiting for that first goal because it felt like it was inevitable. It felt like it was coming. At some point, LAFC was going to convert. Yeah. And what do you mean what do I think about the playoff chances now? I, I don't know if that was – like I've been yelling playoffs since June 7th. I have no doubt that we were going to make it. And, you know, if we miss it – Where's the Don? Where's Don Capacito? I, I got a 50-cent bet with, with uh, Don Capacito, wherever he's at, if he's in here. But um, I already forgot <gasps> what I was saying. But, oh, I thought it was inevitable. I thought LAFC was going to score. The, they, the way they were pressing – and we couldn't – beat the press like we had a really hard time beating that press constantly turning the ball over they were winning those those 50 50 balls like it was really yeah. rough to watch 
And I was like, this game is not going to go well for us. But the fact that one, Drake saved us, two, they were blowing chances, and three, once they finally figured out either how to beat the press or LAFC kind of just got winded, it's hard to keep that, that Red Bulls, what is it, the, uh, this guy from the Red Bulls called it, the, the energy drink soccer? It's yeah. hard to keep that up for 90 minutes. Eventually, it is. we started keeping possession, and then we started creating chances. And we started getting comfortable. And let me tell you something. When we have space and, and we have room to play the ball around, we are we're going to be very difficult to stop. I think Nashville has showed everybody, if you don't want to lose to Miami, this is what you do. You might not beat them, but you won't lose if you park the bus. And, and yeah. so either park the bus and draw, or you, you might lose because we're really good. Like once we get going, we get a little, a little rhythm going. We started knocking that ball around back and forth. Like you saw that was the, it was um, a well, Diego Gomez where he had uh-huh. the back heel, like little touch pass to, to Messi. Yes. And Messi kind of had like a really weak um, kick over to the goalie, a shot on goal. The, the buildup to that play, it's like, man, these guys, when they have space, it's a beautiful thing. And for those of you yeah. that keep saying Diego Gomez is equal like Pizarro, Diego Gomez also had a pretty good game today. There were a few uh, counterattack opportunities that LAFC had. That he broke up, he would get his foot in there. He's he's like a maniac the way he runs out there. He's he's all motor, all gas, no brakes. I mean, and and one of the players I did want to talk about is somebody that Michael Q is mentioning. Avilas is the best ten year old in MLS. Listen, I don't know how you guys felt about Avilas, but I when I was watching him, it looked like in the first half he could have quite poss- he quite possibly gave up like three big opportunities where Drake, fortunately, made big saves right behind them. Did you see what I saw, Danny? Because um, I could... Yeah, I saw... Look, I, look. I, I, I wouldn't put that just on Avilas. The, they were pressing us so high that it, it wasn't just Avilas. Everybody seemed to be turning the ball over on our own half. Like, it was just opportunity after opportunity for LAFC. And and then Jesus is asking if I'm blind. No, I I thought that no he played way. A good Gomez game. played the best he's played. I think he's played the best he's played all season so far. What is he asked to do as an eight? He's asked to be box to box. He's running like a maniac, and he is playing defensively, not as deep as I would like him to, like an Arroyo or a Gregory. But he's getting back on defense. He's intercepting passes. He's breaking up counterattack opportunities, and he's also playing the ball in forward. I thought that he was linking up well. With Messi and with Farias, I thought that I thought Diego Gomez had probably the best game he's had so far. He has. That's just me. Maybe, maybe other people see it differently. Obviously, Jesus sees it differently. But that's that was what I took away from it. I thought Gomez had his best game. Am I saying that he's the next coming of Tony Cruz? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I did no think way. that he had a great game today, and his motor is like he takes cocaine before the game because that guy doesn't stop. He doesn't. And. And, uh, and just to jump on to something else really quickly, Broward Heron is mentioning, did anyone else get annoyed with the constant celebrity cuts? Listen, it's L.A., bro. It's L.A. You got to take it with the you got to take it with the territory. And El Hakim is mentioning Chris and Danny. How many Miami players going to international break? Listen, seven or nine, 79 people are no, going on international break. Well, if I'm saying second, 79 players are I'll going so. El Hakem, expect your contract in the mail. We'll be picking you up in 48 hours. I got it right here. 
We have Edison Ascona, Drake Callender, Benjamin Kremaki, Diego Gomez, Sergi Kristoff, Joseph Martinez, Messi, David Ruiz, and Robert Taylor. We have nine players going off on international duty. But our opponent next week, like I will be sure to tell Kevincho, KC sucks. I don't care if they beat St. Louis. They suck. Yeah. We're playing at home. We have Campana. We have Kamal Miller. We have to talk about Kamal Miller, by the way. We have Kamal yes. Miller. We have Aviles. We have Jordi Alba. We have Yedlin. We have Campana, I think I said already. We have Farias. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. KC sucks. Okay? And I'm saying it so much, I'm sure that it's going to come around and bite me in the ass. It's going to be the first <laughs> loss in, in, in a while. But that's just how I feel right now. I feel like, like, I feel like we, we should be good. And I've been saying that that's going to be the best win of the season, and I'm just going to stick with that. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the first half, right? So the first half, to me, it felt it felt very stale in the beginning. Stale? Down, what the hell? I, I felt I'm, I'm talking about stale in terms of like it wasn't just work. It was it wasn't working out for us, right? Like oh. the first nine minutes were rough to were rough to watch. It yeah. seemed like we had no offensive cohesiveness. We were constantly back on defense because we just couldn't get out of our half. And then I, I wrote down calendar huge save after Avilis gets beat on the 11th minute. After that, you had Farias basically score his goal, um, which it was Avilis that actually supplied him with the assist. Can we talk so, about that goal a second? Yeah, let's do it. Did you think he was going for goal? Like, I thought yes. he was just trying to catch up to the ball. And kind of like play it into the middle of of the of the box, like at yes. no point did I think that he was actually taking a shot there. I that completely caught me off guard. Did, were you expecting that? I was, because if you noticed, right when he gunned it, he put that hand up like I'm off, I'm I'm gone. Catch me, catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. And so at that point, he was already he was already cooking and booking. Well, I think that, that McCarthy was so caught off guard with the fact that he took a, a sliding shot yeah. that he had a late reaction to it because it caught me off guard. The defender didn't even stick his foot out because I don't think he was expecting that. And the goalie was caught off guard also. I, I think that, that that shouldn't – I mean, look, when you get caught off guard and you're flat-footed, it's hard to, to, to kind of get back to your right side. But that was, that was, that was wild. Listen, and Esteval, um, he's mentioning that he doesn't think the goalkeeper was oh. expecting it. I don't think so either. And I'll tell you this much. I guarantee you that Farias didn't expect it either. And the moment that he let off on that pass, I figured, oh, man, this guy's not going to make it. And that's sly. I don't know how he was able to get that in. Luckily, well, he was able to just pass right by the goalie. Well, I agree with... Um with Rohan. He said Joseph wouldn't pull that off. Yeah, I don't I don't think Joseph or Campana would have gone with that sliding shot. That that was very unique, but it was it was awesome. All right, you can keep going. I just wanted to address that goal because that really caught me off guard. Well, I mean that was an amazing goal. And it was super unexpected. I'm pretty sure all the fans in the stands, the LAFC uh, supporters, were just like, I can't believe that that just that just occurred. And then so finally, I think after that, they probably thought, okay, we still got a chance in this. We kind of had control of the game. And uh, after that, uh, Avilas almost gets a scored on on the 26th minute. He commits too much on defense. I don't know if you remember that play. Um, but then later on, 
in the next minute, on the 27th minute, you have Gomez that sets up Messi. Uh, which, I don't know. Yeah, with the back heel. That was beautiful. And listen, for all of you guys, and or, or for one of or two of you that are talking about Gomez, listen, I'm the first one to critique Gomez and say that he's trash. This is the best game by far that he's played. This is the best game. He's not trash, Danny. I know he's not trash, but... Oh, you guys are so okay. quick to jump on people. Give him what? Give him a second to uh, get accustomed to the MLS. To to the big state. He's been playing where? Paraguay. You, yeah. You think he's he's under the bright lights of of the globe? Like, give him a second. Like, it's, it's been like less than ten games. Like, I'm not saying that he's gonna be the greatest thing in the world, but Jesus, everybody's killing him so quickly. Give him a sec. Give him a sec. He's gonna be fine. Yeah. So after that happened, right? You have um. You have Diego Gomez. I mean, Diego Gomez, to me, was just lights out so far for the game. Uh, you also had another nice setup by Gomez in the 38th minute. Now, other than that, we only went to the we, we went to the half 1-0. At the halftime, what did you think was going to come out in the second half? Did you think there'd be any sort of substitutions? Or did I miss anything in the first half that you well, wanted to cover? I was going to ask you. I can't remember off the top of my head. That, that goal that, that McCarthy blocked on Messi, yeah. That was in the first half or the second half? That was, that was the first half, right? I believe that was in the first half, yeah. Good for McCarthy. I know everybody – I saw somebody in the chat say that he's trash. And yeah, maybe he's not the best in the world, even though uh, Chris from the LAFC podcast we got a couple of days ago said that he's been playing great this year. Yeah. But, I, you know, good for him. He's a, oh, he used to be into Miami's goalkeeper. He was uh, the backup here. And I thought it was – he had his moment there. And then I, I feel for Selena Gomez because – her like reaction and still image, that's gonna be the, the walking meme for the next week. The way that she was shocked when Messi got that shot blocked, that yeah. she's gonna be memed all week. Um, but yeah, when it came to halftime, I thought that they would consider putting in Arroyo, because like I said, yeah. they kept going and going and counter after counter after counter. And it's because although Kremaki and Arroyo do get back, they also push forward a lot. And Busquets is yeah. playing in the middle of the pitch. So whenever we turn the ball, the ball over in the midfield or in our final third, it's a quick counter. And all we got back there is slow-ass Kristoff, Kamal Miller, and Aviles. And although that, that's better now that we have Aviles there, we still need somebody else back there. And that's why I thought that Arroyo would be a good substitute. And honestly, Ben Krem wasn't having his best game necessarily this week. Uh, today, so I thought you know, you just sum them off, put in a royal to kind of sure up that defense, and that's what I was expecting in the second half. But I mean, again, he didn't give us any substitutions until really late in the game. Well, and and so now we're going to talk about the second half. But Broward Heron mentions, I feel bad, I don't, I never feel bad for a mega rich celebrity. Selena can drown her sorrows in piles of money, which I know that's I know you share the same sentiment, Dad. Yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't seriously feeling bad for her. She'll be fine. It's just she, she's, well, for the next week. That's going to be the that's going to be the meme. But no, I don't feel really bad for her. I'm sure she'll be fine. Yeah. You know what, though? I found it kind of odd. And I was telling this to, to my wife and my daughter. It's so crazy how all these celebrities had these private areas and she's got to sit with all the normies. All the normal she, people. But maybe she chose to. You think she chose to sit with the normal working class? You don't class? think she has enough money to not? I mean, she has enough money to do whatever the hell she wants. But exactly. You think that she would have been one of the top people in, this, in the suites? 
don't see Selena why not. Gomez. She, could, she could bum next to Leonardo DiCaprio, which you could tell that he didn't want the cameras to find him. He had the, the, the low-profile hat, the sunglasses. He's, like, leaning against a wall, shadow, and the camera's, like, all up in his face eating a uh, paleta anyway. It's like, Jesus, let, let the man just eat his paleta. I, mean, I, just, I don't understand why they were... They were constantly like, let's find the next celebrity yeah. so we can show on the TV. Uh, I mean, you know, it's LA, bro. It's LA. It's LA. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's enough of the first half, right? So now we're gonna go over to the second half. So what did you get when you when you saw that we came into the second half and there were no substitutions made? What what was your thoughts on that? Well, initially they started that second half the way they started the first half. Yeah, that high press, and I guess they got the, those 15 minutes of, of a breather, and it was full energy again. So I was worried because I was like, oh, this is the goal that they didn't get in the first half. They're going to get it in the second half. But yeah. somehow we, we weathered the storm again, and I felt like as the second half went on, we started controlling the ball. We started controlling the pace, and we just started looking like the better team. And that, and I guess it was 60, 65th minute on, I thought we started looking like the better, much better team. I think we took complete – control of that game eventually yeah and we'll fail to well, not look so, happy i mean starting the second well yeah i mean of course he doesn't look happy but people were saying that he's like gonna he's starting to scout like you think will ferrell is gonna be throwing throwing money at who like come on yeah Let me see. well another thing that i thought that we, that we did well today especially in the second half is in the nashville game we were playing, and we were complaining that they kept playing up the middle, and it obviously wasn't working. Yeah. We should have spread it out wide. This game, since we were playing with five in the back and we had those wing backs, we constantly had opportunities to spread it out wide to Yedlin, to, to, to Jordi Alba, and I really felt like we were playing out wide a lot more this game, and that really did help also. Data isn't getting enough credit for what he's doing tactically with this team, right? It's all yeah. about the players, which makes sense, right? The players have a lot to do with it more. The majority of because they, they have to execute but you know I, I questioned the five in the back i didn't understand why just two up top without a without a, a striker but man it, it worked to perfection the way he was playing the ball wide the way that they really didn't have a striker to kind of mark so it was kind of like you know bodies might come up top it might be messy it might be diego gomez i i it was a great job by tata like as they say master class and let me ask, somebody mentions here in the chat, godly, cruel, crypto, whatever. Uh, I think Messi pulled Cialini on the arm to get him, to get by him on that play. Is it me or was Cialini, like, really chummy in this game? Cialini's like, always smart. that way. Look, ever since he got to is the he? MLS, all he does is just smile. He's like, just li he's like, he's just living life. He's ready to retire, and he's just enjoying the last couple, uh, I want to say games. I can't imagine he's going to come back next year, but... He's, he's just enjoying himself. I, I think it's pretty cool the way he's just like always just laughing and smiling. It feels like he's telling jokes the whole game. Yeah, well, I I thought that he was a little too chummy. And it's so funny because speaking a little bit about Cellini, uh, just six minutes later, Jordi Alba scores a goal off of a beautiful lead pass by none other, none other than the GOAT, Leo Messi. And that was just that was a phenomenal play all all together. I think Busquets linked up with Messi before he linked up with Jordi Alba, if I'm not mistaken. I'll see if I can be able to take a look at that more. But that was just a beautiful play right there, which ended up sending Cialini a minute later to the bench. 
did you spot that goal? Did you have any thoughts about that goal? Or was just that no, top-class, messy look, play? I mean, yeah, of course. His vision to, to, to see that build up before it, was, it actually happened was great. But I think, like I said, a lot of that attributes to the fact that we were playing with five in the back, and those wingbacks kept getting up. But they didn't have a striker to kind of mark, so they kind of just collapsed on Messi and on yeah. Farias. And all of a sudden, our wingbacks were just running open. How many times did Yellen get the ball down the right side with nobody around him? There was one where he's like, I'm so open, and there's like nobody else here in the center. I'm just going to take wild. it myself. Like, they yeah. were just – there was nobody paying attention to them. So I – and then I, somebody, I think it was Mike V, said, yeah, we were playing wide, but no nine – or no striker to, to, to swing it into. Yes, that, that's true. But the fact that we can kind of spread the defense once we get, get it wide – opens up the middle of the pitch for us when we have to work it back into Messi and whatnot. So, like I said, that was that was a great move. I don't know if he's going to keep going with five in the back, but it, it worked great today. And Raul Rojas is mentioning in the chat, what a match for Busquets. Let me tell you, I, I thought that Busquets played a really solid game. I thought that he was a very patient in this game. Uh, I thought that he really waited for things to sort of formulate for him to be able to start cooking. Um, he played very patient, which, you know, I mean, you'd expect a player of his stature and of his capabilities. I mean, the, as the commenters were mentioning, I mean, he looks like he's playing in his prime when he was 24 years or 23 years old. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal. Well, I mean, when you're playing against a team that, that presses so much, you need somebody like that. So... He, he was it was great that he was out there because when you have that like you said somebody that that is kind of just doesn't feel the pressure and kind of just be calm when, when they they're uh, they're collapsing on him he can work those balls to the open spaces to the open man I, look I think yeah. overall we, we did a good job weathering those storms because that press was coming and, and we did a great job handling it so credit to, to everybody today because I thought everybody did a phenomenal job. Now, we haven't talked about Kamal so, Miller. Are we going to talk about Kamal Miller? No, yeah. Do you want to uh, cover him now, or you want to wait until the end of the game? All right, you're going. Finish up the game. And by the way, Kevin right. is coming on Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be on Wednesday when Kevin is going to be on the show. So, uh, hold on. Caleb is asking, who is the GOAT? Come on, guy. You know who's the GOAT, bro. We're talking about Messi here. Like, who else do you think we're talking about? Look at the look at Danny's shirt. Are you guys? Are, are you? Are you? What are you doing here, Caleb? What's going on here? Uh, all right. So uh, sorry, sorry for attacking you, Caleb. So, so later on, right? You have after that goal. Uh, one thing I want to mention because you talked about Aaron Long on our last podcast with with Chris um, from shoulder to shoulder, and thank God that Aaron Long sucked because he almost could have really blasted in a goal off of a set piece. And I even wrote on my notes. He blocked it. Good. Yeah, he blocked a kick from his teammate, and then he couldn't be able to rebound off of that. So I wrote down, good job, Aaron Long. You suck. 55th minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> Real quick, roll on. If you want the shirt, it's at batteredfans.com. You just go on batteredfans.com. Yeah, check that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it- like, and we wanted it. The announcer said right after that, he's like, it's just one of those nights. Because, I mean, I don't know if Drake would have got into it, but man, like, that was a beautiful header. He headed it down. And that those are the hardest ones for the keepers to get, those that, that go yes. headed down. 
It's either too low for him to get or they bounce right back up at an awkward angle. But Aaron Long took care of it for us. So, yeah, wild. Now, now, and I'm just trying to go sort of step by step into it. some of the, some of the main points that that I saw in the game. Uh, three minutes later, Fagundo blasts off on the 58th minute where he passes two defenders. I mean, at the speed of light is what it looks like, and he almost had an opportunity to go one on one with the goalie, and he just yeah I don't know if he missed it or if he sort of like lost it. I think he might have missed it. I'm not sure. Maybe you guys in the chat remember. But Fagundo literally had the opportunity passing two players on defense and had the opportunity to go 1v1 against the goalie and just missed it. I think it was a miss. Do you remember that play, Danny? Yeah, he kicked, he kicked it wide, didn't he? I think I it was a little wide. Yeah, Messi was trailing on the right side. But yeah. he, he didn't, for whatever reason, Messi didn't. I don't know. He didn't. I guess he just figured that Farias was going to take it all the way. Yeah. So he didn't position himself to receive a pass, and Farias just kind of just let it go. And I think it went wide left. So I, I, I also think so thought well. that he could have passed yep. it to Messi. But when I saw the replay, I thought that Messi kind of just he just fell back. He just didn't run up on the play like he usually does. So I, I do think yes, the the cutback pass was a possibility. But the way Farias was running, unless he completely stops his run. And kind of surveys the field. He doesn't see Messi because, like I said, Messi just was trailing too far behind. So um, I think that that's why he kind of just went for it himself. Now I do want to ask you a question. Campana yeah. finally comes in, mm -hmm. and he also has a counter. Right? He has a fast break attempt, and he stops his run, waiting for Messi to catch up. Yes. But if he would have kept going. I think he would have had a good shot because he might have beat the defender and he would have just had to get a good shot on, at, at angle. But it's like he wanted to make sure that he included Messi in this. And he had a nice uh, like a chip pass over, yeah. landed on Messi's chest. But I felt like you could have taken that yourself. So I feel like, and maybe I'm just like overthinking this, but I feel like when Campana doesn't get to start over Joseph, and then when Joseph doesn't get to start, Campana still doesn't start. Campana might be overthinking things. Like, it can't be that easy where you're just not getting playing time. And yeah. the guy that's taking your playing time finally loses his playing time, and you still don't get put in. So now when you go into the game, you're like, okay, so let me not mess up. Let me make sure I make Messi happy. Like, I don't know what he's thinking, but that has to take some like, – there has to be something there. Because I think that old Campana from last year, the yeah. those, First half of the season last year, he takes that. He takes that all day. But he was overthinking it. And so this is – and, and I'm going to touch up on that point a little bit. Mike V is mentioning, no, he didn't. The defender was pushing him off to the side. Campana is not fast. And then there was another comment here, uh, and I believe it was mentioned by Athar. Uh, he's saying that there were two defenders in front of Campana. The one thing that I saw that sort of stood out on me on that run is that it was forcing Campana to go and use his right foot. And I don't know if you've noticed, but he's been trying to really pitch himself to start keep using his stronger left foot because every time he goes to his right, he's not getting really good contact or he's not really getting uh, he's not really getting a great strike in when he uses his right foot. And, uh, and they're saying that yeah. he's not skillful. And, and I agree. I get what you guys are saying. But that reminded me a lot of the 
of the Nashville game, the very last play when he had that one-on-one and he kind of bodied yeah. the guy off the ball. Like yes. I felt like he, he may not be the fastest, but he could use his body to create some space. And I think he, he could. could have gotten the shot off. And I think if he is feeling more comfortable, he tries to take that instead of kind of just stopping the play, waiting for the defenders to catch up along with Messi. But again, that, that was just something that I, I, I thought and um, it's something that was going, going through my mind when I saw that he did that. I was like, man, he, he could have taken that himself. I thought the same thing as well, but then I figured the reason that he popped that up to Messi, because if you really think about it, he stopped He stopped so that way some of the players can catch up and maybe they can be able to build something involving yeah, the defenders other players. also caught up at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it, it's true, man. I mean, I wish he would have taken it, but it, he was on his weak foot, and I don't think that he was going to be comfortable enough to take that opportunity. Um, Rick Grimes is mentioning Miami from corners are whack. Yeah, that's something that we got to talk a little bit about, those set pieces. Well, yeah, we're going to talk we about are... that for sure. And, yeah. um, now, and, and Fernando brought something up. The fact that he stopped the play is what really killed it because if he would at least kept pushing the ball forward, it opens yeah. up opportunities but he just completely stopped the ball like he stopped all momentum going forward and i thought that that really killed that play so i i could keep talking i mean we scored a second goal uh after that i mean drake blocked blocked a monster goal on the 60th minute uh we just weren't able to get past the press a little bit in the beginning half of the second half um Fadias had that dumb yellow card on the 73rd minute. It just looked like he was kind of gassed. Maybe he knew that he was already going to get subbed off at that point, Um, which I thought the subs were perfect timing. I wrote it down. Perfect timing with the subs. Campana and Arroyo in for Ben Krem and Fadias. I thought that the substitutions were perfect. Did you think they were too late? Well, but I thought, look, and like I said, I still think Arroyo would have been nice to have a little earlier, but when you win 3-0, it's kind of hard to like say like it should have been different. But I still would have liked of to course. see Arroyo something a lot earlier than that. Well, I mean, they came in when they came in. And then after that, you had uh, Palacios and Murillo, and Murillo that had uh, both of them individually got yellow cards. Uh, after that, you had Allen come in for Jordi Alba in the 82nd minute. And literally in the following minute, you had the huge play where Campana, Leo y Leo link up for a beautiful goal, which, of course, it's on Campana's left foot, right? Perfect pass. And I thought that that was beautiful. And I feel like it's like a stinger to Joseph, right? And I know that I know that a lot of people like Joseph, and I know some people were really tired of Joseph and want to see that Campana succeeds with Leo Messi. What did you think of that play? Do you think that it's going to make a difference in, uh, in Campana's future? as the starting striker? I mean, or do you think that Farias is just coming in and taking everybody's wives? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're gonna we're still going to play with a striker. I think that this might have been uh, something we tried with LAFC. Uh, I, I don't know what we're going to look like um, on Saturday against KC with the, with the kind of diminished roster. Yeah. But, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Campana should be the starting striker on Saturday. All right, Joseph's yeah. gone. I mean, unless he puts Farias in to, to, to start. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we see this lineup, but instead of Messi as Campana up there with Farias. Now that I think yeah. about it. I can see Farias up there with Campana. You still have Busquets. Diego, well, Diego almost is gone. But for the most part, Alba's still there. Miller's still there. 
Aviles is still there. Yedlin is still there. We're still going to have a lot of a lot of our starting roster from today. So uh, we'll, we'll be in, we'll be in good shape. Who do you think was the lowest rated player today? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say maybe the lowest rated player would possibly be, and we're talking about like the starters, right? Yes, the starters. Uh, I would say that the lowest rated player would have to be maybe Yedlin. No. Okay. And and you know, look at this. Godly Cruel is chiming in. Yedlin is trash. He wasn't trash either. Either. And Joe Kerr is mentioning Yedlin. So I guess I, I guess I made a pretty good choice, guys. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. No. All right, we have a couple different Yedlin. ones. We have we have Guscheck Guskechi that's saying Kristoff. Uh, you have JJ. Oh saying Ben Krem. Uh, Aviles is who I was going to mention, but then he had the assist, so I thought that that'd jump him up a couple numbers. So who was it, Danny? Come on, spill the beans. It was your boy Ben Krem. Oh. I mean, he wasn't as active, and he wasn't as, like, he gave involved, away. He gave I guess. He balls away. Yeah. He, he wasn't his, his, his normal self. And, you know, you can't expect an 18-year-old to play at – great every day it's, it's going to be ups and downs with young players but yeah today he was a little off um i'm not saying that I, I that makes me feel any worse about him in the future i mean still think he's a baller i still want to see him starting but um but yeah today he was i, I would have liked to see arroyo come in for him a little earlier today hey uh and steve muñoz don the don cafecito enter miami con la moronga más grande in the league how are you feeling right now steve is it playoff time, baby? What's going on? Cash, time to cash that 50 cent check, Danny. I'm saying, I don't know why, why Steve keeps doubting. And it wasn't just Steve. Everybody was doubting that they're going to make the playoffs. And look, they might not make it. But everybody's saying that it was out of the question. It's just a little silly. It's a little silly. Let's see, where are we at right now? We are with two games in hand, by the way. And so all the two- teams that we needed to lose lost today. And all the games, we have two games in hand, and we're eight points back of ninth place. Two games in hand. So what does that mean? If we win those two games, all of a sudden, we are two points back. Two points back with eight games left, or seven games left at that point. You got to tell me we can't make up two points in seven games? Come on, people. I told you this team was going to make the playoffs. You've been saying it since the beginning of June. And, and listen, you're not far from it, though, Danny. And you know your numbers. Everybody here knows you know your numbers. So uh, I, I am a math teacher by trade. So yes. So guys, come on. Okay. E- exactly. You know what? That right here, Bonnie and Dan, we trust. Right there, baby. That's what. That's where it is. So <laughs> the remainder of the game, right? Let's just not talk about it. We got no clean sheet for Drake. Oh, right? look. So, so wait, I'm sorry. This person keeps asking this question, and we need to address it. Who got Messi shirt? I believe it was Kellini. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's who I saw got the shirt. I believe it was Kalini got Messi's shirt. Jesus has asked that like 37 times so far. Uh, YouTube Origin 12 asking if we could play without Messi right now. Like, do you want to play without Messi, YouTube Origin? First no, we of all, don't you want sound, to, but we can. You sound like an egg account. That's number one. Number two, who wants to play without Messi? Nobody, but you can. If you tell me that Messi isn't... Let's go back to the beginning of the season. If we have the same exact roster in the beginning of the season without Messi, but everybody else, Aviles, Farias, Ben Krem, Gomez, everybody, yeah. Alba, 
do you still think we're the worst team in the East? I, I think we're a playoff team. Yeah. We're a playoff team right now if we have that team right now. Now, does Messi make us a million times better? Hell yeah. But this roster with Data running it, this is a good squad. So I'm not saying that we don't need Messi. Of course I want Messi. When Messi's on the pitch, I think we're going to win every game. But without Messi, I still think we have a chance to win every oh, game. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Look at this, and look at this question by G. Moore. I would have loved to see Stefanelli get a few minutes. Listen, I honestly, I, I honestly believe that if if uh, if Stefanelli didn't get injured, I think that he would look very similar to Farias. I think he would look very similar to Farias because he got pitched to us the same way. No, you know what I forgot? You know who who's on this team that I completely forgot about? You remember this guy named Coco? Yeah, bro. Where's that guy? He's still in the bargain bin. Yeah, he's out for the season. But it's so crazy how long this season has felt that we used to be like, oh, is Chicago start? Should it be Stefanelli? And look at us now. Like this team has come so far in a couple months. <laughs> this, guy Coco, this guy Coco Jean's gonna Coco be on a Jean. plane. Wow, he's I gonna forgot about that guy. He's gonna be in the luggage bin going back to France at this point. <laughs> this guy's not even gonna have a seat. Uh, um, yeah, Coco Jean is injured. Yes, Baldwin, we know he's injured, but it's just wild because I, it, I forgot about him completely being on this on this year's team, and this 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 has been such an up and down season. It's been wild. All right, were so, you surprised that you didn't see any Robert Taylor today? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised because we had a pretty strong lead, and I figured that Tata was going to make some more defensive minded substitutions. I mean, look, Uyoa got in the game. Right, so do I think that Uyo is going to be stealing minutes from Taylor? Like, no, that's not happening. He's he's making those changes st strategically to play a more defensive-minded football. So, uh, I, I I didn't think that we were going to see him, especially with once I saw we were up two zero. I said no, it's going to be more defensive-minded, and then obviously up three zero. Forget about it, you know. Uh, somebody's asking if Campana got called up. No, Campana should be available on Saturday. Yeah. So I wish I would have had this on a graphic, but I'm kind of just randomly working off of my tablet here. So I'm just freestyling. Chris is running this entire show today. I'm just here with a shitty mic and just chilling. And that's it. So let me tell you something. And I was in such a good mood. I had a Hollywood glasses ready to go today because I was feeling Hollywoodish. Like I was gonna rock the shades because we, we were Hollywood and we won. Check out them things. Look at that. Look at this. Uh, Hollywood baby, where, where, where else? Where else are you gonna get, get when you this? go to kids' birthday parties nowadays? Where else are you gonna get this kind of content, guys? Come on, everybody, <laughs> thumbs, move the thumb, like and subscribe. Come on, don't be lazy, guys. Um, so, yeah, so, um, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, after that, what? There was just a crappy little goal off of a set piece. Like, who cares? Three one. No, no, we need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about well, this. Well, we could talk about two things at the same time, right? Okay, right. We could talk about it. set pieces, and then we could talk about Miller. So which okay. one do you want to tackle first? Well, let's talk about the good first. Let's talk about Miller. All right. So tell me what you want to say about Miller, because it seems like you got something on your mind in terms of what Miller had to <laughs> offer during the game. I'm so sorry. Mike, said I look like bad hamster. <laughs> This guy. Wow. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> look, uh, Kamal Miller, man. There was a, a portion of the season there 
but he would be really slow. And I was like, man, I, I don't know if this guy is it anymore. But man, he has played so freaking well. The way he is blocking shots, that shot that um that I keep forgetting how to pronounce that guy's names. Boonga or whatever, the, the, the number 99. Boonga. Boonga. When he was streaking down and Kamal Miller ran him down. Oh, don't do this, JJ. And then he was the, no, and he was defending don't him. Don't do this. No, no. And he was defending him. And he had the chance to pass it over to Vela on the right. But I think he thought that he was going to fake it that way and that Kamal was going to get fooled. But Kamal was on that, man. And he deflected that ball. Kamal Miller, Mr. Uh, where was the Hierro? That guy is balling. And I am so – I was thinking that next year he might not be with us anymore because supposedly his goal has always been to go to Europe. You know, yeah. at his age, I think he, he has to take the chance if he gets it. But I'm really going to be disappointed if I see him leave because I've really mm -hmm. come to really like Kamal Miller. I, I really like seeing him back there with the ball at his feet and everything. He's, he's just playing very well. Well, the confidence that he has not only to make difficult challenges – but then he also has the confidence to keep the ball at his feet and push up the pace as a center back. Like, not that it's not that it's never been seen, but for a center back to be able to have that confidence to push up and to be able to sort of generate the offense from all the way back there working with Busquets, I think that that's a really good player to have. And hopefully we can be able to keep him. But like you said, he's got aspirations to go overseas. So I could definitely see that in his future as well. And, and Mike V is mentioning here, he lost 20 pounds and he ran a 50 and 50. That's good for him. Personal best and 20 pounds. And he gained 10 pounds of cojones is what he did. <laughs> Real quick. I, and I wanted to address this. because I think Chris thought that people were insulting Kamal when he saw this. Maldini was one of the best defenders of all time. It was Paolo Maldini. Mm. So they're not insulting him. They're actually singing his praises. Yes. So, so tremendo cojones out of Kamal Miller. He played. Yeah. He played again. He played the lights out as the defender that we need him to play. And and Kristoff played well too. Not as good as Miller, but he played pretty well. Uh, yeah, I think that having him, having him this Saturday is going to be big time because I thought we were going to be down at least two of our center backs, Kristoff uh, and, and Miller. And we're going to yeah. have to play McVeigh or Sailor. But the fact that Miller is going to be available and so is Aviles, we'll go with four in the back. Yeah. We can go with four in the back with Yedlin and – or we even go five in the back. We can go Yedlin on the right, Alba on the left. Then we have Aviles, Miller, yeah. and then we can play Noah Allen, that left center back that we've been doing. And we have our five in the back. I would love to see Noah Allen get some more playing time. And that's the perfect opportunity to put him in there. So we're going to be fine. Well, what did you think about the the back five like that? Did you thought? Did you think it was pretty solid? I thought it was pretty solid. Well, I, did we? I think we played like that against the Red Bulls. Also, having five in the back gives you a lot more outlets to, to kind of beat the yeah. press. I think the wing backs were a good outlet. Busquets is a great outlet. When you have five back there, like I said, with with Busquets kind of orchestrating everything, it helps a lot with that heavy press. I wasn't expecting them to play that heavy press, but they did, and I think it helped out a lot. And and Sean Callahan's mentioning Drake also doing great coming out being that sweeper goalie. Listen, uh, Taylor Twelman mentioned he's like, oh, Drake Callender's been doing great ever since such and such this year. 
Taylor Twalman, I don't know if you've been watching for the last couple of years or so, Nobody but has. it looks like you're not. And he's been doing this since last year, my friend. Like for those of you who just started to watch Inner Miami, thank you for coming on board with us and enjoying everything that this team has to offer. But really look back at some of the games that Drake Callender played last year. He was a phenomenal goalie. And Joe Kerr's mentioning that he needs more Chris vlogs. Listen, I'm trying to get better. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure hey, we build this thing, if you're bro. You're watching this. Go ahead, watch that because Chris was. He thinks that he did a crappy job. Yeah, I thought so, I didn't think I did that so great. Go ahead so go and watch the video, like it. It's on our channel. It was the block from the last game. We understand that it was a zero-zero draw, so not the most exciting of things. But let's let, let, let's prop my man Chris up here because he thought he did a crappy job and he did anything but. I thought it was a great job. Right on, um, Rohan. Let's talk about the set pieces. All right. So set pieces. Now, unfortunately, I'm not on my computer, so it's a lot harder for me to look up things. But um, I just wanted to see real quick, how many goals have we given up this season in the regular season? Do you know off the top, you know, off the top of your head? All right, well, uh, I'm sorry. Wait, repeat that one more time because I was paying attention to a, to a comment and I was like giving like little eyebrow eyes to a specific comment here. So like I was zero paying attention to you. So we, we've, we've Terrible given up 37 goals all year. 15 of those have been on set pieces. 15. We've given up so many set pieces. We lead the league in set pieces. 15, and then we have five in the league's cup. We have 20 set piece goals allowed this year altogether. It's wild. Yeah. Wild. And they brought it up in a, like a slow mo replay. And we've been talking about it, the fact that they do this zone defending on set pieces. That shit yes. don't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Because when you're defending a zone, people run in and out of your zone all the time. All there is is confusion. Like, why is this happening continuously? Like, obviously, it's not working. And it, it maybe it's a lot more technical and difficult to tell somebody, like, mark this guy and stay with this guy the whole time. So maybe I, I, I'm trying to oversimplify it. But if it's not working this way, I'd go up and be like, hey, get a man. I got 99. Chris, you go get number nine. And let's all just get a man and just stick yeah. with him. Because this zone shit is not working. Like, there's just people like, Christoph is just go ahead defending a, a space, and then you just see somebody just whoop, and just right by him. Like, what are you doing? You have no idea what's going on behind you right now. You're just randomly covering a piece of grass with no idea what's happening unless the ball's coming at you, and then you try to head it away. But you have no idea where the, defense, where the offensive players are. I, I just so, don't get it. I have a question, and I've never played, like, organized football in my life but i've heard that when you train kids on playing you know set pieces on defense that a lot of times they train the kids to play like a little zone area instead of like a man-to-man -man. is that something that's true chat do you guys know if that's true because i'm not sure if that's true or not but somebody did mention that it's hard to be able to play man when Messi and busquets are not gonna play man I mean, I know Messi's not. But we've been doing that zone thing since the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like, we that, haven't been... This we is haven't perfect been by Mike B. Because they're short. Got a lot of short guys. We don't got no trees. We got a couple trees. Okay, but, like, let's change it up. We got Aviles now. When Campana's in there, when they scored that set piece, Campana was already in the game. Like, yeah. We got to change shit up a little bit. 
Well, I think that that's a huge flaw to be able to play zone versus a man to man, especially on something where if you like just get your guy, like you just got to hold yourself accountable on defense. I look at it very similarly to like basketball when you play man to man uh, versus uh, versus zone and upside down. What Chris is asking was Ted Lasso in the house. Yes. And Uncle Beard. Yes. Coach Beard. Beard. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Beard. Why did I call him Uncle Beard? No idea. Coach Beard. Coach Beard was in the house and Ted Lasso was in the house. So for sure. Now, and and again, at least when you're playing man to man, you hold yourself more accountable. When you're playing zone, it's very hard to sort of identify who's at fault there, right? Like everybody's yeah. at fault if you really yeah. think about it. You 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 always have two people looking at each other. It's like, yeah. That was yeah, your guy. So, he was it, coming into your zone. No, he was coming out of my zone into your zone. It's like come on. Yeah, man. it's like who gets that, right? If so, he's coming out of my zone and going into your zone. Like, am I claiming him, or are you finally claiming him? Like, but, what's like happening said, there? It's we're probably oversimplifying it. It's, it's probably yeah. a lot more complicated than we're, we're saying. So, but I, I just, it's just, it's just frustrating because I feel like it just hasn't worked. Well, and Michael Q is mentioning here that Miller got beat on the header. I gotta take a look at that replay because I don't know if he got beat, but I mean, with the zone defense, I don't know if you can be able to t- really understand what the hell's happening there. You know. Mm-hmm. It is already September 4th, Danny. Mm-hmm. I was mentioning when I started that you're right here on the bottom. It says September 3rd, and we actually started after midnight. So it is actually September 4th over uh, here in Miami. That, that, this is true. This is true. I mean, we're covering yes. the game from September 3rd. Yeah, but you're right. September 4th. You're right. Yes. Episode yeah. 95, guys. Now, is there anything else you want to talk about other than Miller? I mean, the set pieces is something that we really need to be able to get better on. Hopefully, we can be able to show a little bit of a difference in the next couple coming games. Uh, and and somebody here, Nikhil, is mentioning any update on Jean Mota and Gregory. Supposedly, Jean Mota didn't get re-injured. Uh, apparently, he just got sick, and that's why he hasn't been back. Oh, that I don't know. I, I thought that he had he was going to check why his hamstring was, was messed up. So I, I, let me not say anything because that Listen, was, I don't even remember where I heard that. I'm not sure what's going on with him. And Gregory is, is still out until they said, what, late September, early October? Yes. Yeah. And apparently he got like a minor surgery. I don't know if it was setback, a setback yeah. or so he's probably not going to be going until maybe I'd say a month from now. I mean, look, I'm not in the hospital with that guy. So I don't know exactly what's going on. We, we could probably end it with this question, Chris. Yeah. Is Miami now one of the best teams in the MLS? Mm. Is it? I think so. I agree. I think so. I think we're I think we're one of the best, if not the best. If not the best. Because if I pull up the standings right now, and again, I apologize, I have to go to my phone right now because you know, whatever. And 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 Luis Fernandez is mentioning Messi's bodyguard needs to suit up and play. Listen, he already suited up and played. His name is Iguain. The guy just got a little bit skinnier, okay? And now he so, protects Messi at all costs. When we look at the standings, right, the supporter show standings, the best team in the league is Cincinnati. We just beat them in Cincinnati. Then St. Louis, we haven't played them with Messi. New England, we haven't played them with Messi. And then Orlando, we beat them also. Mm-hmm. And then you got Columbus again. Haven't played them with Messi. Philly, we beat them in Philly. 
Atlanta, we play in two weeks. Seattle, we haven't played. LAFC, we just beat them in LA. Nashville, we just beat them in Nashville. So we're not yeah. only beating the top teams, we're beating the top teams in their house. So yeah, I would say that we are the best team in the MLS. I mean, that's I mean, it. What, mic drop. It's mic drop right there. I mean, that, that. What else is there to say? We're beating literally the best teams in the MLS on the road. I, I don't think there's any question who the best team is. It's just did we become the best team too late? Is really the question now because unfortunately this all started in the summertime. Well, and that's that's one of the points that we talked a little bit about in the last podcast is. I think that, unfortunately, we just got all the band together with Messi, Busquets, and Alba. It was just a little late. Now, time will tell. At the end of the season, we'll be able to say, did everything just sort of get together a little too late? Or did we make it anyways, even if we got a little bit, you know, too late together? So, I mean, is there any team that you would, I mean, Nashville, I guess, any team that you would play against and be like, I don't feel confident because at this point, I didn't feel confident against Philly. They proved me wrong. I yeah. didn't feel confident against LAFC today. Like, I thought we would win, but I thought it would be a lot tougher. But we dominated. Since he also, like, since he looked good, but Messi still found his Messi magic at the end. Like, at, at this point, I don't fear anybody. Like, that, that and was we beat, it. And we beat since And we beat Cincy. Yeah, but that was in penalty kick. So it's, it's yes. The Nashville is the only team because they have the best defense in the league, and the, their style of play, which is grind out a draw and then try to beat you with one bit of magic, which they almost did. Right, Mukhtar got called for that offside, but they almost got scored that goal. Like Nashville is probably the one team that would probably give us the biggest issue. And something else that I wanted to bring up. Is Nashville our biggest rival? Like, I know we say Orlando because Orlando, it's right there. So it's a whole mm -hmm. geography thing. So automatically yeah. you just say Orlando. But, like, Nashville came into the league the same year as us. They were the first team we played, off, played a playoff game against, and they beat us. It was like 3-0. Then we played our first cup game, and it was against them also. We just beat them. They're the only team that have looked like a serious like threat to us. The way they, they kind of held us to a draw last game, I yeah. think Nashville might be becoming our biggest rival. Like I understand why we think it's Orlando, but in reality, when you take geography out of it and just think about as far as games played in our existence, I think it's Nashville. And not only that, but we came into the league around at the same time. Same year. Yeah. So we have that, and it's going to be more competitive throughout the next couple years. So I would agree with you in saying that, yeah, they can quite possibly be more of a stronger rival than Orlando. And just to sort of go back to the question that but you, you know asked. I don't I hate Nashville or Nashville fans. No. Fuck Orlando. Yeah, fuck Orlando. Now, uh, to go back to the question that you asked about if anybody strikes fear in my heart, I mean, look, Nashville allows the least amount of goals in the – in the Eastern Conference. Oh, they're the best, best defense, yeah. And 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 they also score a pretty good amount of goals. They're not the top. They're not the leaders in the Eastern Conference. But Columbus definitely kind of strikes a little bit of fear in my heart. I think Columbus is a little scary. 
And another team that's pretty scary, I would say, is probably St. Louis. St. Louis is a pretty scary team. I mean, they score, they have they have 53 goals for. LAFC only has 40. When you have like, Indiana Pass live on your team, I fear you not. Listen, but they got 53 goals uh, so far this this year, they'll come, bro. They'll, they'll come crashing down. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, that's yeah. Real. And I know people are like, oh, what do you mean it's not for real? They're literally the best team. In the- I don't still don't believe them. I, I, and just it's don't, their I don't know why. Year. I look at them and I just don't believe them. I, they're, they're, they're not going to win shit this year. Listen, this guy, JJ, right here, Cucho is nasty. Yes, you're 1,000% correct, my friend. He yeah, is I don't know why we're bringing vicious. up Cucho, but yes, I agree. Cucho is nasty. I would love yeah. I would, well, I, cause I, when I found out he was coming to the MLS, I was praying he would end up going to Miami. Yeah, because I mentioned uh, cause I mentioned that, uh, Columbus? that Columbus puts fear in my heart. <laughs> for sure. The only thing that puts fear in your heart is that poop song. Well, that yeah, I mean, look, that that also, but I got past that. I got past that nightmare. I'm not having those dupe dupe songs anymore <laughs> in my nightmares. Those that that's gone. Ever since we beat Philly, those things have been gone. And right, Michael uh, Q, you, you're you're ending it on a perfect note, Michael Q. We have Drake. Yeah, no Drake. And people might think that this is hyperbole, but it's not. Outside of Messi, I think Drake might be our second best player. I, I think that that and That's I think it's fast. Write that down. Write that down, guys. Yeah, I think I Don't think he us. is the sec- our second best player. I, I think even Phil Neville, your boy, came out and said, "Best goalie in the USA right now, right is now." Calendar. And and I think that people are starting to notice that even globally, because people are yes. watching these games globally. So I remember before it's like, oh, but if you're an American goalkeeper, you need to go be a backup in the EPL. So you get the starting job for the U.S. men's national team. Get out of here. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think Drake is going to have an opportunity because Matt Turner didn't even get playing time when he was playing over there. And was it Arsenal that he went to? He didn't get any playing time. He had want, to leave. But they want Drake Calendar to go to, to the EPL. Nah, yeah, they want to be back the bench somewhere some... in the EPL. No, F that. He's, he's, people are, are noticing how good he is just by playing for Inter Miami. So yeah. I think that at least for the for the time that Messi's here, I think he'll stay here, unless obviously some somebody goes and like throws a major bag at him. But I think Drake is going to show that he is the best goalie in the United States, and he'll be starting for the U.S. Men's National Team in 2026. That's right, I said it. He'll be the next World Cup goalie, Drake Calendar. Stamp that bitch. Stamp that. Don't add us. Super Drake flaming bad bunny. hot take. Okay, Drake bad over Bad Bunny, but. Is Drake over Bad Hamster? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I guess with that, we'll leave you. All right. So, as always, if you were listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Please comment, like, subscribe, share, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. All right, let me take us this off. It's hard to see with this. Yeah, Thank you for serious. watching all the way to the end. We appreciate you. Please like and subscribe. And for those of you in the chat, as always, you guys are the best part of this show. We really appreciate you guys. And don't worry, th- those glasses aren't coming back. And um, and also, if you guys are, uh, I saw somebody bringing up the shirt. If you want to get an uh, interesting, unique shirt from Inter Miami. Or Messi, and actually we got a couple football and some other stuff on there right now. Go ahead and check out batterfans.com 
And on Wednesday, we'll be back with your boy, Kevin Cho, Mr. Sporting KC lover himself. So please check us out on Wednesday at 9 o'clock for that. And until the next one, have a good one. Peace.